0: This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay on Friday, September the 17th. We've got plenty coming up today, including a fascinating interview with Kent's young football referee of the year on the amount of abuse he's suffered during games. Plus, we've been finding out how robots are helping to reduce hospital waiting times in a part of Kent. But first up today, knife point robbers, who would you believe live streamed themselves being chased by police in Kent, have been locked up for more than nine years. Fed
2: chase, live Fed chase, get everyone join, live Fed chase. Oh, we've got free Fed cars. Free get everyone join now. Live
0: fetches! That's the moment the three men from Gravesend and Dartford filmed themselves in a getaway car after pulling out a machete on a woman and taking £20 from a man in January. Free
2: the guys, man. Fetches! Live fetches! Oh, my God. Swerve, swerve. Oh! I need your help. Come, Grace. Get in your car. Help us block off the fence. I beg. I beg you. I beg you, we're going to die today.
0: Well police did eventually bring them to a stop on the A2. This is what was caught on their body-worn cameras. We've
3: got a third tea pack. If you can get in front, we can try and do a box. Uh, they're throwing stuff out of the car, we're approaching Gravesend East, speed 7-0. Uh, they are filming from the uh, inside of the vehicle.
2: We're now parallel with the services at Cobham.
0: A fourth man was arrested elsewhere in Dartford. Detective Constable Kellyanne Tindall was Kent Police's investigating officer for this case. This is what she had to say in a statement voiced by
2: our reporter Jamie. Countless members of the public were endangered during the pursuit and our officers did an outstanding job to safely bring them to a controlled stop. There can't be any tolerance towards any individuals who are willing to use violence or show such an extreme disregard for innocent members of the public. From the outset, we took the most robust course of action by remanding them in custody and I'm pleased that our investigation has now led to the robbers facing a prison sentence.
0: Well, you can see the video footage in full and pictures of the offenders at kentonline.co.uk. Also on the site, we can show you how a drone helped police catch a suspected dangerous driver and drug dealer in Tunbridge Wells. The 18-year-old was arrested after a chase through Woodland following a car crash. The drone was deployed to help find the suspect and has been used used as part of efforts to clamp down on rural crime. Kent Online News. Flowers have been left at the scene where a 19-year-old was killed after a crash with a bin lorry in Swanley. The cyclist from Dartford, who's been named locally as Jack, was involved in a collision with a refuse vehicle in Swanley Lane on Wednesday. A teenager from Canterbury who was stalked and attacked by her ex-boyfriend is vowing to rebuild her life. A court's heard how Aiden Hubbard Stewart followed her through the city before punching her and breaking her nose in June. The 21-year-old who used to live on Tennyson Avenue has been jailed for four years and given an indefinite restraining order meantime a police watchdog says stopping violence against women should be as much of a priority as counter-terrorism the report was commissioned following the death of Sarah Everard whose body was found in woodland near Ashford after she was kidnapped and murdered by 48 year old Wayne cousins from deal it's found there's an epidemic of abuse against females in the UK and says major changes are urgently needed Anna Burley who's co-founder of Reclaim These Streets, says we have a cultural problem and it's a huge issue. There's lots of things that aren't illegal that you can't report. Um, there are lots of instances where if you do report, you don't feel taken seriously, you're dismissed, you're told there's no chance of a prosecution, what's the point in being there? The Home has described climate change protesters who've been disrupting traffic on the M25 as selfish. Pretty Patel's spoken out against the tactics used by Insulate Britain, who've delayed thousands of drivers this week. Earlier today, 10 people were arrested at Junction 3 of the M25, that's the Swanley Interchange. It's the third time in five days campaigners have blocked the road. The Kent Online podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. Next today, we're hearing from Kent's young referee of the year, who's spoken out about the shocking levels of abuse they suffer. Josh Williams from Ashford has been reffing men's football for a couple of years now, but was attacked when he was just 16. The 18-year-old says he questioned whether to continue in the role, but was given a lot of support, including messages from around the world to encourage him. However, many others are turning their back on the sport. That's led to the Kent FA calling for action. Josh has been speaking to Ish.
3: I was assaulted, actually. Yeah, punched in the face and, and spat at, it at sixteen, 16, um, which was it, it was it was, a, it was a setback. But luckily, I had the uh, the sort of the support around me, which uh, which really helped me to get back, going into it again. Um, that was sort of straight as I went into adult football to my fourth game, but um, yeah. In, in regards to the open letter, uh, I think well, that's, uh, very well done to, to Nick Dunn who, who wrote that and published that because um, it's, it's it's powerful. I think um, it's it spreads very quickly um, to media outlets and across social media and stuff, um, and I think it's an important message because um, yes, COVID and uh, other other factors have played a part in the recruitment of referees, but. It it cannot it cannot be sort of uh, overstated that the um, the issue that has come around from the abuse that referees receive, You know that's why a lot of people have dropped out. And I think it was what seven or eight cases of verbal or physical violence just this weekend, just from Saturday and Sunday. I mean that's 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 astonishing. We should we shouldn't be seeing that as a country. In a year, that would be an ideal spot. But in, in a county over a weekend, that's, we're not in the right position there. Not in the right place.
2: Can you just talk more about the incident you mentioned there? You were, you were actually punched. What, how did that happen? What happened in that scenario?
3: Yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was a challenging game. Like I said, it was, it, was a, it was in fact, it was a pre-season friendly. There was literally there was nothing at, at stake. But it was, it was one of my first games. And I'm sure looking back on it now, um, I, I could have uh, definitely done a better job. But hey, my 16-year-old um, just getting into the game. Um, I, I, I thought I'd managed it, it well in all fairness but um, I had uh, one player who gave me some verbal abuse and uh, not, not very nice words of choice um, and I sent him off for it um, and in retaliation he spat at me at that point point. Um, and then one of his friends uh, after the game then tried to attempt to take the match record off of me which had his, this player's name on it um, and yeah punched me in the face. Um, left me lying on the ground and
2: drove off. So yeah, as you said, totally unacceptable, completely really shocking. I mean, what 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 do you think compels someone to do that? We hear a lot of these incidents happening at a football game.
3: I I, I really I don't know. I don't know it's be honest because, like I said, there was nothing to play for there. It was it's a Sunday league grassroots game of football, um, and I can't say I made any particularly poor decisions or I done anything particularly in the wrong, but. It was taken the wrong way and uh, and that, that's how it ended up unfortunately
2: and at 16 as well I mean in that moment did you think I don't want to carry on as a ref or you mentioned that you were under you had support but in that moment you must have felt well why am I doing a job where I could potentially come under serious harm
3: yeah well I, I, I say we we, we uh, at school we used to sit in these assemblies um, and I, I'd sit in the back of my arms folded and it would be the one punch can kill kind of thing but at that moment when I was lying on the floor and I couldn't see or hear a thing, it 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 was, it, it was, it was tough. It was tough to take. And I think that I, I didn't sort of reflect on uh, the situation and refereeing until a little bit after that. I was sort of sitting in the ambulance a couple of hours later by that point. And it was sort of only then that I thought, wow, is this, is this really where I want to go? Is this really like what I want to do? Um, but like I said, fortunately, uh, Nick, all my mates, plenty of people around me, lots and lots of refs. I mean, I was getting messages from from all over Europe, all over the world. just saying, you "No, know, I hope you're okay. I've seen this," um, and thankfully, I got back to it back to it in the uh, the next weekend, and, and never looked back. Really,
2: it sounds like the the refereeing community, shall we say, match officials, is uh, there's a real camaraderie between all of you. Is that something that's helped lift you up after that, and obviously encourage you to keep going, regardless of the abuse that you've all been facing?
3: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, look, we're 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 a third team on the pitch, and probably uh, the most isolated team. So you, you really have to be there to look out for each other. Um, obviously, it's hard enough when you've got three officials on a game, but you know when you're when you're there alone uh, on, a, on a on a grassroots pitch, that can be that can be a really lonely place. So it's good to have everyone there, and you know, like I said, everyone sticks out, looks out for each other.
2: What would be your message to people who? Considering abusing referees in the way that they have done, clearly a growing issue, an issue that hasn't come on the decline. Even you know, even after the pandemic, um, it's an issue that's still, uh, oh, it's a big problem. Clearly,
3: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think um, everyone speaks about heat at the moment and you know regretting things after, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, that that's not good enough. It's not good enough. Everyone, everyone can have a certain level of of control for their own actions for their own behaviour. Um, and the question that, that I, I put to everyone, uh, that even considering assaulting a referee, abusing a referee is is why? You know, just 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 why. What 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 have we done to you? Um, what matters so much to take? Uh, to, well, to, to to injure another person, to abuse another person. And you, you never know, to be honest, to, to take another person's life.
0: Well, thanks ever so much to Josh for speaking to us. We'd love to know your thoughts on this. You can leave a comment on the story today at kentonline.co.uk. Just click on our sports pages. A Kent police officer who repeatedly ran into a burning block of flats to save residents has been praised by a judge for his actions. PC Brandon Fulford made sure three people got out of their apartments in Lucerne Drive in sea salter after Andrea Hart torched her flat. The 60-year-old's been jailed for three years after admitting arson. PC Fulford has received a judicial commendation. COVID cases among children in Kent have surprisingly dropped by almost 20% in the first week of the new school term. There were 1,568 positive tests recorded for those under 19 in the seven days to September the 11th, more than 350 fewer than the previous week. But cases are still 60 times higher amongst youngsters than this time last year. Meantime, we've been hearing how robots are being used to carry out surgery and reduce waiting lists that are built up in each. East Kent during the pandemic. Some patients have had to wait several months for operations while hospitals were dealing with an increasing number of COVID cases. Robotic surgery was first introduced at the Trust 10 years ago, and a second piece of kit has now been installed. I've been speaking to Ben Eddy, who's a consultant urological surgeon at East Kent.
1: We've been using robotic surgery since 2011, so it's not really so new anymore. And is really well established and we've shown huge benefits for our patients uh, with robotic surgery. It is essentially a minimally invasive procedure. Uh, It's a keyhole operation but we're able to do far more uh, invasive uh, and technical uh, surgeries that we couldn't do either uh, open or um, with a standard laparoscopic technique. The end result is that patients just have fewer complications, they go home earlier Almost all our patients after prostate cancer uh, surgery are going home the day after the, what is a very major pelvic operation. Things like blood loss are lower, transfusion rates are lower and, and they're faster these patients are faster to get to get back to their normal lives after what is you know a very big treatment for a potentially life-threatening disease. Um, so they're back to work quicker, back to their normal activities quicker.
0: Which sounds absolutely fantastic for the patients. Um, you mentioned there you have been doing this for a while. How many of these robots do you, do you currently have?
1: Yeah, well, the trust um, first invested in robotic surgery uh, back in twenty eleven, and in April this year we've just upgraded uh, our machine to a second a second robot. Um, And the trust uh, is looking at potentially to develop it into other specialties as well.
0: We've heard a lot, obviously, about the NHS and how waiting lists have increased during the pandemic. Has the robotic surgery been helpful in trying to to reduce those when you can?
1: We have, you know, like everyone in the NHS, gone through a hugely difficult time. Um, uh, with COVID, um, as cancer surgeons, we were not necessarily frontline. So it's not like our anesthetic, ITU, or, or emergency care or respiratory consultants who are dealing with the COVID patients on a day-to-day basis. But our workload was all about talking to patients who had been diagnosed with a cancer and telling them, look, we can't do anything about it. It's It's too unsafe for you to come into hospital at the moment. And it's almost safer to wait three months before we decide to operate. And that is extremely hard for clinicians to tell that to patients. You know, for the first time in our careers, we've had to say to patients that have had a cancer diagnosis, there is nothing we can do at the moment. You know, that's just against all our... Sort of working practices. And so that built up a big backlog of cancer work, both in the first lockdown and then uh, even more really over the winter period in the second lockdown. And then we started to reintroduce the surgery in around April time. And at that point, our our second robot had arrived. uh, And so we were able to run consecutive lists, two concurrent lists. And so essentially do double the workload and get through the backlog even quicker. The other thing is because the hospital stay is shorter and these patients are only staying in a bed overnight and they're going home the following day, you know, we're able to get those beds free to get the next patients in the following day as well. Same with the kidney and the bladder surgery. If the hospital stay is shorter, you know, you've got more capacity in the, in the on your ward to, to get the next set of patients in. And of course, with COVID, we want to reduce the hospital stay for patients we want to minimize their stay in hospital.
0: Ben is also setting off on a three-day fundraising cycle to give back to the Urology Foundation who fund training on the robotic equipment. We do wish him all the very best and hope the weather stays good for them over the weekend.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: A family in Snodland say they've been forced to eat breakfast at McDonald's because of the smell from a nearby tarmac factory. Several people have complained about the site in Hayes Road, which is affecting their homes. The companies say they're taking the concerns seriously and will work with residents to address the issue. The Kent Online podcast has been told learner drivers in Kent are having to go as far away as Southend and Portsmouth to take their theory test. Jeremy Fox, who runs Elite Driving Tuition in Rochester, says the backlog that's built up during the pandemic is scandalous. Some of his students are having to wait months and travel hundreds of miles to do the exam. The DVSA have been contacted for a comment. It's been confirmed a £92 pounds upgrade to the Stockbury Roundabout and the A249 will get underway in January. National highways say the work at Junction 5 of the M2 for Maidstone, Sittingbourne and Sheppey will lead to safer journeys for hundreds of thousands of drivers. It will go on for more than two years, though, and includes building a new flyover and two slip roads for traffic joining the motorway in both directions. Elsewhere, it's claimed drivers in Herne Bay could get unfair speeding tickets if a new 20-mile-per-hour limit is brought in. You might remember us chatting about this on a previous podcast. Bosses are planning to introduce it between Central Parade and Kings Road to try and reduce the number of crashes in the town. But members of the Alliance of British Drivers say it won't work, and many who are driving safely will be punished. Sticking with roads news and part of the A2 is going to be closed again this weekend as major roadworks continue. It'll be shut London bound from eight this evening until six on Monday morning between the Canterbury junctions for the A28 and the M2 turnoff at Brenley Corner. And not good news for the weekend. A Yellow weather warning's been issued for heavy rain in Kent on Sunday. The Met Office say showers could cause flooding and difficult driving conditions. There's also a chance of power cuts between midday and midnight.
1: Kent Online Sports.
0: Starting off with cricket, and it's a massive weekend for Kent as the T20 blast reaches its climax. Finals day takes place at Edgbaston with the Spitfires taking on Sussex Sharks in the second of the semi finals. Whoever wins will play either Hampshire Hawks or Somerset in the final on the same day. Well, Kent last won the competition back in 2007, and who else would have hit the winning runs but legend Darren Stevens?
3: Well, I was going to retire at 36. <laughs> Each year's just kept coming and coming and coming. So um, if you'd have told me then, I wouldn't have believed you. Mm. But I'd have snapped your hand off. I actually can't remember anybody sort of bringing it up in the squad. So they've not spoke about it at all. Maybe they, they just want to create their own legacy. We'll
0: be keeping everything crossed that he can do the same thing again this weekend. Captain Sam Billings was just 16 when the county last lifted the trophy.
1: I remember um, yeah, watching it. and Obviously as a lifelong Kent fan, um, Yeah, it's been too long since we've been back there, to be honest. It's it's going to be my first finals day Um, uh, uh, 30 years old. Uh, It's long overdue. We know that everyone loves their cricket at this part of the world, but um, to get that kind of support behind the team, um, we've been playing some really good cricket. So you kind of not expect it, but um, it does really make a difference. And look, that that Lords final that uh, unfortunately we came second, um, the support there was incredible as well I think uh, we're very fortunate we're one of the counties where um, traveling support is as good as anyone Um, so yeah, just looking forward and um, hopefully putting on a show for our Kent fans on finals day.
0: Hopefully the sun will be shining on the Spitfires tomorrow. We'll bring you details of the result in bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM, on Sunday morning. And Kent's Emma Rajikanu admits she found it more stressful to watch the US Open final than to play in it. The 18-year-old, who's now the British number one, is back home in Bromley after making history as the first qualifier to ever win a tennis grand slam.
4: Yeah, it's a really nice feeling to be home. I have been able to spend some time with my parents after not seeing them for seven weeks. So we, we just had a nice meal together last night with some homemade dumplings. And uh, i rewatched the final just to just to relive some experiences. I just really wanted to let the moment sink in. And I thought that would help but um, it, I knew exactly what was going to happen in all of the points, but watching is definitely more stressful than playing because you feel like you have control at least when you're playing. When you're watching um, you, you, you have no control And but it was really cool to just be able to relive some of those moments and at the end I, I saw my slide when I fell and uh, it was quite long and I actually impressed myself with that. I think the highlight of my time after the final was honestly that night that of the final, I just spent it with my team in uh, a really nice intimate room. And we just spoke about the whole three weeks experience and reflecting upon all the time. Uh, There was there was like a karaoke bus on the way back from the courts when we were singing Sweet Caroline and Mr. Brightside and we just had a really nice meal together and uh, discussed everything and just chatted the whole time through
0: great to hear from emma well that's all for today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram plus you can subscribe to the im news app and that will give you access to all km group newspapers to do it just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe hope you have a fantastic weekend we'll be back with the podcast on monday
1: news you can trust this is the kent online podcast
2: This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go to
0: cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone, bluebutterfly.co.uk.